Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. One, two, Filled with odd fright, see Jurassic right, bathed in ember light, see Jurassic right, see Jurassic right, 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 see Jurassic right, 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 see Jurassic right, 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 see Jurassic right, see Jurassic right, see Jurassic Park. Hey everyone, Stephen Ray Morris here, and welcome to See Jurassic Right. We're back with a, not that we're back, we're back with a very special interview with Scott Kramer, the showrunner of Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Now, we're in season four since the show's premiere last September, September 18th of 2020. That That's wild. And yeah, so this season... I did things a little differently instead of staying up all night and binging Universal and Netflix and DreamWorks, the Holy Trinity, to not only let me preview the entire season a couple of weeks early, but also get a chance to chat with the showrunner, Scott Kramer, as I mentioned. And uh, this was such a truly special experience. And so I'm going to mention here that once we dive into this interview, uh, it'll be full on spoilers. So if you haven't seen the show, turn back now because we're just going to get into it. And yeah, I, it, it's funny too because I was like, okay, cool. Like, because the last few times, if you've been following the show, I usually put out like a shortish non spoiler review, shortish non spoiler review right here. 
I loved it. It's my favorite season since the first. And then usually we get into the meat with the spoilers. In the past, I've watched with Brenna White, a.k.a. Bonnie Puns, a.k.a. Beeksels, also Krista Mosowitz. You know what? Let's let's just do a little bit of setup for where we last left off this season, and then I'll dive into my interview with Scott Kramer, and then maybe wrap it up a little bit at the end. So again, if you haven't seen... Well, this is spoilers, I guess, for season three, if you haven't seen season three yet. So turn back now. But hey, if you just want to listen to an interesting interview with the showrunner of Camp Cretaceous, then you can, you know, steam on ahead. But so our six campers, Darius, Brooklyn, Kenji, Yaz, Ben and Sammy, these six campers, they go to Jurassic World, they go to Camp Cretaceous. Everything falls apart, of course, uh, you know, on that faithful day when the Indominus Rex got out. And then in season two, the montage years, the montage season of, of everyone just trying to figure out what to do. They've been left behind, stranded on the island and, you know, dealing with this sort of lost world or the sort of JP3 of it all, you know, of, of trying to survive like Eric Kirby on the island. And then in season three, things get serious when they unleash one of Dr. Henry Wu's secret projects, the Scorpius Rex. And then season three ends with the opening of Fallen Kingdom, which according to Jurassic World and Jurassic World Dominion director Colin Trevorrow, that sequence of events happens about six months to a year before I think it takes six. I think they officially said it takes place the opening of Fallen Kingdom with Rexy chasing the worker and then the guy getting swallowed up by the Mosasaur. They recovered the Indominus's rib. That opening sequence happens six months after Jurassic World. And so season three of Camp Cretaceous ends with them leaving the island, possibly to freedom, possibly to somewhere else. So without further ado, I'm really excited to bring to you this chat I had with Scott because I truly felt a kinship with him, a fellow Jurassic fan, somebody who loves the franchise and loves dinosaurs, but really understand that there's a human side to this entire franchise. And yeah, it was just really, it felt like breaking bread. And uh, I really got to just share my enthusiasm. Again, I was like freshly finished watching season four. So I think it was the night before I finished. And so just when I woke up, I was like, ah, I want to talk about it all. But I, I tr- chose to focus on a few very important things again without getting into spoilers. But yeah, I'm in, enough fumbling around. Let's get to my chat with Scott Kramer, the showrunner of Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. But yeah, Scott, I'm so excited. We can just jump right in. Great. I, I mean, we'll, we'll get to this in a second. But when the Dilophysis sh- showed up at the end of the season, I screamed like <laughs> on behalf of the entire <laughs> Jurassic community. I like it, it's weird how the Dilophosaurus has become such it's the only dinosaur from the original Jurassic Park movie that has not been represented again. And so I just want to jump to that first and be like, what was that journey to putting the Dilophosaurus in Camp Cretaceous? Oh, you know, we actually, we actually tried to get it in sooner. Oh. Because, yeah, there's something about it. I don't know. I don't know if it's just the iconic scene with Nedry or, or I don't know. Uh, but yes, we, uh, from day one, we always wanted to figure out the right time to get the Dilophosaurus in. And it felt like this was, uh, we held on to it for a while. Uh, originally, uh, the scene in, gosh, I, I get all the seasons mixed up now, with the monolophosauruses at uh, the penthouse, Ooh. those were going to be dilophosauruses. And then we realized, uh, for one reason or the other, the monolophosaurus would be better there. So uh, we were glad to finally uh, get it into the show. No, that's very cool. I And that actually makes me think of another question, which is, 
I mean, the most exciting thing in in my head might be that you get to introduce new dinosaurs into the world of Jurassic Park and like in Jurassic World. And what is that process? Like, how do you like it? I mean, there's just so many dinosaurs. How do you go about picking new ones and, and going through that? I mean, I think of um, in season four, you have the Kentrosaurus, the right. new Stego. Yeah. What's that process like? You know, actually, when you started this process way back, I guess, 2018 now, you know, there is a whole franchise handbook for anybody that has anything to do with anything Jurassic. And there actually is a huge list of dinosaurs that either have been established in Jurassic canon or could plausibly have been on New Blood. Oh. So we started with that list. And then you sort of just go down the list and go, well, what haven't we seen? And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, what would be cool? And uh, so, you know, whether it was the Aronosauruses or the Kentrosaurus, yeah, there is a, a finite list out of, uh, out of Universal. And then we cull through that and go, what do we want to see? That's really cool. And, th- and that makes me think of the Sabretooth cat and approaching season four. Like I'm really feeling Westworld vibes from season four. Like when you were going beyond the scope of like the original first season, which tied very heavily into the original Jurassic world. Like how do you, I mean, where, I mean, where do you go? How, like to me, it's just the show is in such a, I can't wait for people to see it. I'm just so stoked about it. Oh, I'm thrilled to hear you say that. Yeah. It's tricky because this, this whole show has been a balancing act from day one. You know, you're balancing the action uh, with the characters. You're, you're balancing stuff for kids and the hardcore Jurassic fans. And then, you know, at the end of the day, we always figured we were getting off, you know, Nublar, but it, it is. What do you do for that? We, we spent 26 episodes of kids running from dinosaurs on a jungle island. So we just kind of, as all these things do, they come out of the writer's room and just talking and talking and thinking about, again, what would be cool, but what would make the most sense for our characters? At the end of the day, they're always going to be the dinosaurs in this show, but Camp Cretaceous is all about these six kids. And what can we do to show their evolution, show their growth. And also, you know, we've been spending a long time putting these kids through their paces and uh, (laughs) how, how, what do you do to take it to the next level, which is throw them something into something completely different and that they are in no way uh, prepared for. Well, yeah, you can appeal to sort of, you know, a, possibly a dinosaur's empathy a little bit. And when you've got robots and a, and a Nedry on steroids with uh, <laughs> Haley Joe Osmond's character, which I loved, but, but that also got me thinking, you know, just trying to express to people why I really like Camp Cretaceous a lot. It's because these characters feel just as much as Jurassic as, you know, Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler. And to me, I feel like season four really honed in on like, what, what is it like after you've experienced all this horror? And I guess in terms of, you know, for kids, what was that balance of being like, you know, cause I feel like Jurassic hasn't really dealt with that as much, you know, when, when mm-hmm. Ian Malcolm is going back to, you know, when Ian Malcolm is called into action again, everyone's making fun of him for being scared of dinosaurs. I felt like this season really like with Yaz and everybody like got into that, like PTSD-ness of it. I don't know. What, what was that figuring that out? Like, yeah, well, I mean, the, First of all, we've had more latitude. Once we, in episode four, they let us show Darius dealing with his father, his father passing. It was like, okay, well, this is unlike any 
kid show I've ever been able to write for and as long as I've been doing this. And so really the hallmark of this show is really digging into these characters and you put yourself in their position and this would be scary and this would be traumatic. And, and, and as much as Sammy has gotten Yaz to open up, Yaz still is who she, you know, who she is yeah, yeah. and, and uh, maybe isn't as equipped to deal with what's going on. I mean, who would be? So, <laughs> we, truly, we, yeah. <laughs> so we really wanted to go like, okay, what is this really like? What would it be like if you put yourself in, in, in our character's shoes? Yeah. And, you know, as, as dangerous as Jurassic World is, it feels like Manticore is even, you know, it, it's that thing of like the first company that wants to d- in, invent things, wants to do it maybe for the right reasons and it falls apart. Very classic Jurassic. But how is it getting to play in that world? And again, Haley Joe gives just such a beautifully like, not not even not even evil but just like just a real jerk you know what what was yeah. that like because you know what what makes a great Jurassic villain in your head yeah well you know hubris probably overall but you know Haley is such a wonderfully sweet guy but man <laughs> you just like you know whether when they when our artists got the uh, the boys files to draw to or or our editor is like man do you just hate this guy and even when we were designing what cash was going to look like we wanted to approach it like a whole new guy like a dot-com startup guy or uh, I think Colin put it as like a psychopathic barista uh, so <laughs> In this show, we've always want uh, our bad guys to feel bad and to feel like formidable. And when you have a character like Cash, who is also so driven by ego and emotion, you don't know what he's going to do. And and we wanted to put our characters, especially like Darius, in a situation where you don't know what this guy's going to do from one second to to the next. So uh, that will keep you on your toes and, and really put you into a place where hopefully we're putting the audience in that place too, where it's like, I I don't know. I don't know how we're getting out of this one. (laughs) Well, and and I think it contrasts beautifully with Dr. May Turner's character, Kirby Howell Baptiste. Like there was just such a great moment where it's like, you know, I think because, you know, business is such a or business or just, you know, companies and this intrigue and stuff is such a big part of Jurassic Park. What was it like creating a character who ultimately is good, but is almost, you know, working for the bad guys? Very tricky. You know, we went through a lot of iterations of this character. And at one point, we were considering the character as a bad guy and what this would be. You know, like I, I've said in countless interviews, this isn't a show where the adults come and rescue the kids. Yeah. But we do want to broaden our world. And what's great is also when you have a, much like our kids, you have actors like Kirby and Haley, of course, but like Kirby, who, who puts this heart and this natural quirkiness and, and, and this care into the character. So just her vocal performance inspired us as far as where to go with this character. Oh, cool. And, you know, as far as like now being in season four, is there things like from earlier seasons that you wanted to get in, even as just far as character details that you are excited to finally see pay off in this season? Yeah, you know, we always 
again, there was things that we wanted to do early on and that we held on to. Kenji in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. was something that I think we stumbled upon like in season two, but it it just, it felt better to to hang on to it. You know, like you said, the Dilophosaurus, the the saber-toothed cat, you know, it's like, (laughs) I always thought, well, why would you necessarily just stop? With dinosaurs. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely and just little details or things that when you're in the writer's room or or things that start in a script and maybe don't make it to the final for time or for whatever reason. So it, it is fun to just keep building out this world and these characters. Well, and yeah, and on that note, too, the thing that I really love about the Jurassic World phase of, you know, this franchise is like we think of Jurassic Park, the kind of symbolism of nature. What I really love about the Jurassic World phase has been giving, you know, animals have person. We think about our pets and everything. And yeah, what's that balance of giving dinosaurs, you know, making them individuals and giving them personalities versus, you know, sort of more like what? Yeah. What's that balance or finding that balance like? Yeah, it's tricky because you also. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We want them to feel like animals. You know, you yeah. don't want them to... We ran into that early days with Bumpy. You know, it's easy to turn these animals into Scooby-Doo. And, you know, <laughs> you don't you want them to still feel like plausible, real animals. Yeah. You know, with this whole thing with the kids really trying to take care of dinosaurs, whether it's from the Scorpius Rex or from Manicor, you know, it wasn't like we set out necessarily with that in mind but just as as you start writing these characters and they kind of come to life as you're really kind of going well how would they react in this this all sort of organically came about this this storyline where they're not monsters they're not just killing machines they're animals who didn't ask to be here and you know our kids like like the kids of today are thinking beyond just themselves and that's just sort of how how this whole thing is has evolved no i I, yeah i mean i there's an intimacy there that i really have been enjoying and especially in season four i feel like with you know when we get the whole uh, baby crew near the end of the season but man the thing that broke me was like is bumpy really like 
you know, that one, uh, I was like, what was that like? I mean, again, I'm sure that there's maybe more plans, but like, as, as far as like what you wanted to do with Bumpy, like, were you hesitant to leave Bumpy behind? Did you like, okay, maybe there's another boat they can get on? Yeah. Like, what was that like? Yeah, absolutely. And that, it, that was, that was a lot of conversation. There was, there was like, okay, we know Bumpy if fit on the boat, but it doesn't really feel like that would be the way to go. I mean, it was, you go back and forth and back and forth over many things. We're fond of using the phrase pressure testing in the writer's <laughs> room. It's like, okay, well, let's pressure test this idea that we have of is Bumpy get kidnapped or is Bumpy on the boat? And okay, well, if Bumpy's on the boat and Mosasaurus is there, can Bumpy swim or float? And it just... <laughs> At the end of the day, and also for Ben's character arc, it just, it just made the most sense. And we didn't want to feel like, also Bumpy has been a, is one of our, you know, he's the, the seventh beetle. I think that's a metaphor one could use. So we didn't want to just let's go, okay, well, Bumpy's story is over just because uh, she is part of the team. So. Again, like everything else, you, you, you go back and forth and you talk and you discuss and you argue and you, <laughs> you try to figure out the best way forward. Yeah. No, I love that. It's, it's, and it's been something I try to explain to other people as far as like, there's been Jurassic animated shows in the works for since the original. And I mean, congrats. Like to me, like we now have like 37 episodes of Camp Cretaceous will be out in the world. What is that like? And as far as, you know, the legacy of Jurassic, what were those things you wanted to do with the show when you set out? And how are you feeling now that, you know, well, it'll be out when this interview comes out, but, you know, with season four? Well, it's beyond. <laughs> it's such a cliche. It's beyond my wildest dreams, but it was like, I couldn't believe I got a, a, this opportunity just on a personal level. And I think I speak for a lot of the crew who start that started this journey as fans. I wasn't a kid when Jurassic Park came out, but it felt like I'd been waiting for that movie for my whole life. And I said this before I did sneak after I left the theater, I snuck across the aisle and walked into the next showing of it. I don't think I'd ever done that before <laughs> to be a part of this and to have the, you, you, you know, anyone who puts art out in the world, the, the response has been overwhelming and beyond anything I could have ever hoped for. You know, you start something like this and you think, okay, well, we're going to put out the best show we can and probably the internet's going to hate it. <laughs> and you just, you know, that's just the world we live in. So for people like yourself who have been, you know, really champions of the show, I remember when we were developing it in the early days and you see people on the internet were already coming for us before they'd even seen anything. It's like, Oh, this is going to be a kiddie show. And I'm just thinking, well, we're we're killing people in this thing. <laughs> Season four is brutal as far as like <laughs> just the, you really put the characters through the ringer. But I we're better for it, you know. Yeah. Again, it's when we f first went in and pitched the idea to Netflix. It was like if this is going to feel uh, going to be a Jurassic show, you know, it's like Steven Spielberg said, "Don't do the kitty version." You know, <laughs> people die in Jurassic movies, and so people are going to have to die and suffer and and overcome in our show if it's going to be something that uh, anyone cares about. So, I guess a roundabout way of saying to be part of the Jurassic legacy is just 
it's a dream come true. It's just, it's mind blowing. And, uh, and, uh, I think, uh, most people on the crew would, would agree with that. This has been so amazing. As far as like any last questions I have, I think like people who are into Marvel or Star Wars, it's like they've had so much content over the years. They're really spoiled. And I feel like the Jurassic fans really appreciate what would you say to fans, you know, because, you know, some fans really love the lore and they love that and they love the dinosaurs or they love the characters. Like what are what are you always keeping in mind when you want people to watch the show? Well, uh, you know, uh, and again, the, the the way we've been embraced by the hardcore fans is just uh, beyond anything we could hope for. If I'm being honest, at the end of the day, we're doing this is aimed at kids. And that's not to scare anyone off to say, oh, it's a kiddie show, because it's not. But kids are a lot more astute than anyone anyone kind of realizes. And especially today, it's, it's tough being a kid. And if we can allow a kid to uh, escape from the world that we're in right now for 22 minutes and, and be in a world where, where they can ride dinosaurs and overcome bad guys with their friends or, or just be a part of something bigger than them. That's, that's really the guiding force is how I look at it. It's, it's, we're really just, this is for them. And the fact that uh, more than that, people are getting something out of this. Well, then you, again, you can't ask for anything more than that. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you, Scott. This has been so lovely. Again, like I'm so excited for people to watch this season. The Spinosaurus coming back was just such a freaking cool thing. Yeah, I want, <laughs> you know, that's just as a fan myself. I should have mentioned that before. I, you know, from day one, I always wanted that Spinosaurus to come back. You know, that's just such a, <laughs> such, such a great, I guess, antagonist. So I was very excited to to be able to do that as well. No, yeah, they're they're in for a real treat with 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 that, among many other things. But again, thank you, Scott. Um, yeah, super excited for everyone to watch the season. And yeah, thank you again for your time. Oh, thanks so much. I enjoyed talking with you. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it again. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Thanks, bud. Take care. Bye. 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 Wow, <laughs> I have I had such a manic energy in that interview, but I just was we had a short amount of time and so I just I just wanted to get at the essentials. I began, again, thinking about the reactions to this season. I definitely know and understand that there are some Jurassic fans, you know, hardcore loreheads who are disappointed that this show isn't necessarily weaving in tighter with the world of the movies, but I think as you heard in my interview it forced we have so much more Jurassic content in the last year than the previous 20. And that is wild. That is wild to think about. And I feel so lucky as a Jurassic fan to finally get to live in this big world. And ultimately, I don't think that world would be as interesting if it wasn't for those kids. I think those characters to me, and I've said it again and again, they they stand on their own as Jurassic characters, along with, you know, Alan and Ellie and Hammond, Claire and Owen. Like, it, I truly do adore these kids and I want to keep following their adventures. 
But as you expand your universe, you got to take chances, you got to make mistakes, and you got to get messy. I think, look, Miss Frizzle, the best of us, she knows. And yeah, I, I can't reiterate how much that this season, I think, you know, on an aesthetic level, maybe seemed less Jurassic. I think in the overall Crichton verse, I think it, if anything, it got a chance to play with themes and, you know, ideas more than that, you know, previous Jurassic Park movies have gotten a chance to because we've had to stay in the island, because we've had to not have maybe certain more fantastical elements like the robots or something. But I loved, I, I truly think the robots was an innovation because I love this idea that dinosaurs get to have personality. I love that they get to be characters. I like that they get to be more than just a metaphor. And I think what's been great about Camp Cretaceous is it's been giving us tons of great dinosaurs uh, along with these kids. And so anyway, I'm rambling. I really like season four and I want to watch from the beginning. Like I haven't given the show a full rewatch, but I feel like now is a great time to do it because we went from an episode, you know, we went from a season beautifully weaved in with the, with the Jurassic world movie to now sort of it really kind of spurring off and becoming its own thing. And now I think, you know, it'd be fun to go back and look at, you know, how far we've come truly in just year one of Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. I'm so excited we're going to get more. I'm so excited for, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever season five. What I don't even know if they've really even announced any of that stuff at this point. I mean, it, it seems like a foregone conclusion that we're going to at least be getting at least another year. I mean, it just feels like it's only just begun. I truly want to see these characters get into the Dominion era. And yeah, let me know what you think. Let me know what you thought of my chat with Scott. Thank you, everyone who's been supporting the pod. We're already wrapping up this year. I know it's been a sparse one, but I feel like the last few episodes to me have truly been some of the most exciting stuff that I've done for myself. I feel very proud of the work that I've done on the show but I apologize again that it's been very sparse. Uh, but yeah, go back and listen to all the more recent episodes, you know, after the Jurassic. I mean, listen to the Jurassic June stuff too with Omar. That stuff was also great. But uh, my interview with Ruby Fields, my interview with Luce Tomlin Benner, our annual Halloween episode that we did, our spicy Halloween episode. Well, okay, if kids are listening, don't listen to that. Um, <laughs> wait till you're a little bit older. But, uh, and. My conversation with Andrew Roebuck, who has uh, come on and started editing uh, a lot of episodes for this show. I'm so thankful for him. So thankful for you guys and for my guests, for Scott. Uh, again, for everyone at Netflix and DreamWorks and Universal who gave me this opportunity to see this season early. Go check out my past reviews of Camp Cretaceous, spoilers and non-spoilers. And check out my interview with Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous composer Leo Berenberg. Dominion prologue has been out. Oh, there's been a lot of stuff happening. We're all going to catch up soon. Probably going to put a, a, a Swift Bites out in the next couple of weeks. Just sort of wrap up the year um, and maybe some other surprises. Who knows? Uh, hopefully. But I, I'm excited going into 2022. It's the year of Dominion. And yeah. Anyway, thank you, everyone. Follow me at Severian Morris. See Jurassic Right on Twitter. Uh, SJRPod on Twitter. See Jurassic Right on Instagram. I love you. I'll see you soon. And, you know, hope your holidays are going great. And you're staying safe and all that good stuff. So hold on to your butts.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.